A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such. Your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. So yes, it's beginning today. Premier League starts. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? I know B's been tweeting out some, some mildly amusing gifs. People dancing and happy and stuff and Christmas. Elf, Elf was there, yeah, wasn't he? He was dancing. He's happy about it, isn't he? Well, isn't this Christmas Day for people? I think for a lot of football fans, the first day of the season, no matter what league you support, feels like Christmas Day. Not for the Muslims or, or Jewish people that listen to us. <laughs> for them. They can give a shit about Christmas. <laughs> Whatever day is special to them. <laughs> so what you're saying uh, is that I've just excluded a, a, a large percentage, a large of part of the primers? population, and our listenership. Yeah, yeah, and those Zoroastrians. I'm part of the problem, then. <laughs> you are, Mr. Happy's at it already this morning. Yeah, honestly, miserable charms. He hasn't even hey, finished. I'm the no, I am happy. I am really happy. I'm. I am excited about this. is amazing. Yeah. Oh, another Premier League. League season is back. We have to work every weekend. And talk about the beautiful game. Well, what's amazing, boys, and I'm proud of us all, that I, I, we, we kind of alluded to this thing in the last show. I had some reservations about doing four shows a week during the off-season, and not once, mainly thanks to Toronto FC, but not once did we, we struggle for content. Flowed. No. It flowed. It's because we can talk shite. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? That's yeah, we fill it with shite. <laughs> <laughs> and it's four shows it's a so week, true. not five shows a week. So we still like each other. Yeah. If it, was, if it was daily, we'd probably hate each other. And it's amazing how much on, people love to listen to shite. It's one thing on Sportsnet <laughs> over the years. You know, I never feared when my producers in my ear saying, Phil, Phil, never, never feared it because it'd be like, um, uh, all right, Craig, um, Wolverhampton Wanderers go. And we just talk about shit and just fill <laughs> as much time as we need. So we could do seven days a week of this bullshit, couldn't we, really? Easily. And if someone wants to pay us for that, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a fun show today, though. Um, B had a great idea. B's in tight with all the fan groups here around Toronto. So, so we're going to bring on some, some, um, some people from the various fan groups based here in Toronto from Aston Villa, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Wolves, you know, uh, and maybe as time goes, City, is City there as well? Not today, but I think Not as today, time right? goes on, we can, we'll expand this to beyond the country, beyond the city, excuse me, to expand this to the rest of the country. But I just thought, yeah, you know, first day of the season, let's get a fan's perspective and get a few different perspectives. Yeah, and I actually like that we haven't got the uh, the usual suspects here. You know, we're going to have the, uh, the perennial strugglers, Villa, Forest, you know, <laughs> Wolves. Because we all know about United and you know Liverpool and, and City, right? But you know, we'll, we'll get those guys on as well at some point over the, the next season. But it's a great idea. So we'll bring them on later in this show. And, and if, if it works out well, I, I think we have a mashup at some point. We just bring them all on together at the same time and just let them go at each other. It'd be pretty amusing. But, but we'll save that for another day. <clears throat> JC's all about that. He likes the violence, the verbal violence, the verbal sparring. Um, but before we get to them, there's lots of news today, boys. So the big rumors circling are around Chelsea, and, and they're going to look very different, I think, by the end of this window than they do right now. The, the rumor this morning is one of 
Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang or Cristiano Ronaldo could end up at Chelsea at some point in this window. Craig, um, yes, please. Give me some of that. <laughs> Do you like the Ronaldo thing? Well, just from a pure theatre standpoint, yeah. Be, be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure he's Tuchel's type of guy, to be honest with you. Wonder if that's gone above his head. Yeah, I, I, I think you manager. I think so. Well, so, after after Lukaku last year and all that that went on with him, and we thought that was a final piece for Chelsea, it didn't end up being that at all. Is Ronaldo going there going to be another one of those situations where they don't get the best or the best out of him? They need Would a finisher, be- right? They need someone that's gonna that's gonna score goals, uh, someone that can work with Sterling, uh, but they also have depth that if he can. If Tuchel can get him to buy in, and more so, I think from the top, I said this on yesterday's show. If Todd Bowley can get him to buy in, I mm-hmm. honestly think Ronaldo at Chelsea would be outstanding. Would you mm-hmm. prefer him to Aubameyang? I would. I because Aubameyang played well at Barcelona once he went there, right? Scored goals. Obviously, it was a disaster at Arsenal. Uh, the both both players come with so much baggage. That's the problem, right? So you do need that strong room. I guess if you bring a player in, Jimmy, you bring a player in with those kind of egos, you need a strong room, do you not? As well as a strong manager, obviously, to control. You need a strong room and you need a strong manager. That's the key is having a, a manager that, that can handle a player like that. Because if you've got a manager that can't and the player walks all over him, then it becomes a free fall. Craig, you think, you think with Ronaldo, you think that would be one that's coming from up top? The manager getting overruled and just be hey. We're signing this guy. It's good for the club. It's good publicity. Still can bag goals. Bag 18, 18 goals last season. Mm. I'm not sure, Jimmy, on that one. But I just don't know if Tuchel would be – that would be his guy that he would go after. But I don't think – I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. And I think if he does sign, I don't think it would be 100% his decision. Yeah. So, but then, but then Brennan's right. If he does show up and he buys in and he's going to be part of that team and maybe not always start and, you know, and he's hungry for it, that, that that's a difference. Uh, but is that going to be the case? Does it fall apart at the seams? Because it, it certainly can do. He must be looking at it now, right, Charms? Ronaldo and realizing he shot himself in the foot. I mean, if he really wants to play in the Champions League, like, what is he going to do? Is he going to go to Turkey? Is he going to pull a uh, Casper Schmeichel, who just signed for Nice because he wants to play in the Champions League because he's 35? No, he's not going to go to Sporting. He w- he wouldn't go to Benfica. That just doesn't make any sense. So I just think that, as I said, if Boley talks to him businessman to businessman, I can't see how Ronaldo doesn't see, okay, look, I'm not going to start every game, but I'm going to be a huge piece of this team. And he can still be a star. He, he can, you know, he'll be in London. He'll be a superstar. I think it would be it would be great for brand CR seven. Hey, when yeah, you look at this, I, when you look at when you look at the whole situation, do you think, you know, it gives uh, Ronaldo a little bit of doubt? Maybe kind of hurts his his image know? a little bit because and his ego. Because does. I yeah. bet you he thought I'm gonna I'm gonna have about fifty clubs lined up ready to snap me up. For sure. And he's astonished, Jimmy. He is and now he's astonished that there wasn't a lineup. He can't believe I agree, it. I agree. I agree. I think he's I think he's a little bit wounded there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And if he really wants to play in the Champions League for a big club, right, he might have one option at this point, and it's Chelsea. And that option, like B said, might be to not be an everyday starter. It may be at that point in his career. And until he goes to MLS or Saudi Arabia, he's at a point now in European football where he can't and isn't going to be offered that opportunity to start every game. And he's got to, you know, give that ego a bit of a hug and say, okay, I can still be successful. I can still be a legend and still win things coming off the bench. It'll still start a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. And he is a guy that can surprise us, right? Yeah. If he, if he has bruised his ego, it wouldn't surprise me to see a new Ronaldo appear this year, a guy that does track back a little bit more and does, mm-hmm. you know, do what the – Kun Aguero did it. Wasn't that what Trevor Sinclair was telling us, right? Aguero was told by Pep, you either play my way – Oh, he ain't going to play. And we all thought, okay, well, he's leaving. And he didn't. And he won more championships adapting his style. So it wouldn't surprise me. Ronald, he's smart enough and he's got it in his locker. He can do that physically, obviously. Yeah. 
But he was also, I mean, look, when you watch him, when they won the Euros, you watch him at Real Madrid, Man United, like he's always that player that's constantly directing traffic. He's mm-hmm. almost coaching all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And it's almost like he takes over. Whereas Aguero, yeah, he sat back and said, okay, I'm going to adjust and I'm going to play. He wasn't that type of player that would you know, take the initiative to say, no, I'm going to say this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do things. Good point. Right. Yeah. And that's the been, that's the problem, right? That's what people are afraid of. Yeah. That's why Deitch and so many other people thought him going back to United was setting them back several years. Well, I wonder how close he was to, to going to City because there's no way Pep would have told him, I want you and you're starting every game. Pep would have told him the same thing that we're saying. Okay, you're going to be a, a part of this this project if if the conversation has got to that point. But like you know, you, you've mentioned, maybe it goes above the manager, right? In this case, it's Todd Bowley wants to make a splash at Chelsea, and you, you do that. If, if that's the case, you do that, and you do risk your manager, right? Because Thomas Tuchel is not a guy to suffer fools gladly by any stretch. He, he's fallen out with executives before. It's got to be his team. So what I'm saying is, he'll be fired soon enough. Potts will come in, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll we'll try and convince Ronaldo to backtrack and press. <laughs> Pochettino <laughs> and Ronaldo, yeah. But isn't that funny? Like the Poch, the Poch is going to be the spectre looking over all these clubs, right, all season long. Because oh, he's yeah. sitting there without a job, and he could do a job at any club in the league. And you know that no matter who it is, they go, ah, shit, I, I better have a good start to the season because this guy's sitting there waiting. Does Pochettino get a job before the World Cup? Mm, that's a good question. He gets a job during the World Cup. Yes, right. If they, yeah, that's a good point. You got a month there. Good time to fire someone, right? Yeah. No. Oh. Nice for him to have a job during the World Cup. Well dressed guy. He'll be on all the. He'll be on all the media. Yeah, no kidding. He'll put his face mm. everywhere. Jesus. Sky, Sky Spain, ESPN. So why are you guys dismissing a Bamiyang at Chelsea? Why? To be honest, I think that's more baggage. Crossing the divide there, the way I think he was really beloved at Arsenal by the majority of supporters. To be honest, I think that the the fallout. Um, I feel like Arteta kind of took more flack for the fallout between the two of them, and then he went to Barcelona and bagged goals. And I think people felt maybe Arsenal fans felt a bit duped, but I just think that you know he's he's very much a red in that city. And going to Chelsea, thirty-three now. I just, I just can't see it. B, you're watching Amazon, right? He's, he's not a red. He's a black so. and gold. <laughs> that, that first episode. I'm not sure you guys saw it. The first episode. He, he rolls up a training in this black and gold. What is it? Was it a BMW? Lamborghini SUV. L- L- Lambo. Yeah, black and gold Lambo. Right. Fair enough. Right. He's a Premier League footballer. He steps out in this black and gold tracksuit. Like what a punts! <laughs> yeah. My God. And it was like, Matt, you know, he's a, coordinating his vehicle with his tracksuit. Well, Jimmy's done that a few times, I'm sure. <laughs> no, yeah, Jimmy? I have. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was black, right? It was a black, it wasn't like a. Well, I had a white one. So I wore a lot of white. You wore white tracksuits. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Um, do you get a club car at TFC? Uh, Jimmy and a no. Kia? Come on. No. They had the Kias around the club, but no, I didn't get one. You didn't get one, no? Okay. No, I had my own. The, nope. it, it's, there's tax implications to having a club car now. It's not really worth it. That's right. Really oh, thanks. Yeah, you pay the tax on it. Back in the day, remember in England, if you got a club car, there was no taxes on it, and everybody had club cars, and then the government were like, nah, started hitting you hard on those so that kind of went away when the money went crazy in england do you think that kind of ruined the whole club car thing too because back in the 80s oh great i get a free car that's fantastic right you know it might yeah. not be you know a, a, a lambo right but it's a free car now you can afford your lambo suv and you don't want to drive around in your hyundai club car <laughs> for mondale candy apple yeah. red and i love hyundai's don't get me wrong but there's not a lambo yeah. or you could win the premier league and then the chairman will buy Everybody a brand new car. That not remember, a Lambo. Remember, remember Lester? Oh yeah, what did he buy? Everybody. He brought all those uh, the BMWs, like one of the top of the line BMWs oh, for really? the whole team. For the whole team. 
Wow. Wow. Apparently, uh, Villa players, this is uh, Brett. You know, we, we actually got a guy all set here for uh, making his debut. On it's already Friday. adding it's stuff to the show. Villa. It's awesome. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's jumped in. This is great. He's going to fit in just fine. This is Brett Bates of the Toronto Lions, Aston Villa, Toronto Supporters Club. Uh, just uh, Brett, welcome to the show, mate. You, you just popped up in the chat saying that the Villa players were given Austin Metros in the late 80s. Is that true? Yeah, I, was, I spoke to Nigel Spinkle once and he told me that they were given all these Metros and they just used to run them ragged and yeah, <laughs> go crazy in them. But that's a different far fetch from what obviously today is footballers, I'm sure. Because yeah. Google and Austin Metro and imagine 11 of them at Bodymore Heath. I'm sure it's quite a sight. Yeah, that's not an Austin, an Aston Martin. That's an, no. an Austin. No. Isn't it, wasn't it the Austin Metro? No, the Austin Maestro was the one that, that spoke to you. Remember that? It came out in the 80s and it had a computer aboard and it would actually talk to you. Not like Kit in, in uh, Night Rider. I was going to say, uh, James, you confused it, it with Maestro. a TV show. I'm confused with the TV show with David Asloff. Yeah. Anyway, Brett, yeah, welcome to the show, mate. And um, you know, I actually picked Villa as being one of my surprise teams this year. I, I like what they've done so far. What's your overview so far of what's happened in the offseason and your expectations? I mean, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm a Villa fan's forever the optimist, as we always say. But uh, I'm pretty excited this year. We've got reason to be excited. We've had some great signings, phenomenal signings. Uh, we filled the gap, that key in the middle, the defensive midfielder. So I'm pretty happy about that because that was that was a big missing piece last year. I'm sure you guys probably talked about this. It was it was a big it was a big gap in the field, should we say? For me, anyway, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, it's young lads coming through as well, like Cameron Archer. I'm I'm pretty excited to see what he can actually do in the first team. He was the lad that scored against Liverpool in the third round when we played the kids. Was that two years ago? The, the COVID Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, I'm pretty excited to see him come into the first team. He signed a five-year deal today, so he's kind of locked in as well. Hoping it doesn't happen. What happened to Carney Chukwemeka mm-hmm. leaving for Chelsea? But yeah, I'm up. I'm very optimistic as well. I'm hopeful, but I'm trying to take my uh, Villa cap off and put a, off and put a realist hat on, and I'm still pretty optimistic. So we'll see. That just proves it's still August, Brett. That just proves it. <laughs> yeah. Ask me that question in uh, October and uh, I'll probably have a different answer. What do you think about Gerard taking the captain's armband off of Mings and giving it to John McGinn? It's a very interesting decision. and It could have gone one or two ways. I mean, a lot of Villa fans are still on the fence about whether it was a good decision or not. But John McGinn is a, he's a character. He's such a character. He's, I can only imagine what he's like when he's behind the scenes with the players. Everybody's mates. I don't know. I, I, it worries me. It could be a bit too much of a goofball, if I'm honest. Uh, Mc, Mings was like he was the man. He, he was always doing the right thing, always always fighting the right causes, always doing what he should be doing as a club captain. But I don't know. It's, something's behind the scenes, something with Gerard and Mings, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe something he was seeing wasn't pushing players in the right way or the way that Gerard likes it to be done because he's been a, one of the best captains the Premier League's ever seen, hasn't he? So... Maybe it's just his way of he sees things McGinn can do it the Gerard way. Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm questionable about it, but I am open to it. Stevie Gerard, um, we know what he is. He's a huge name. Did a great job at Rangers. Um, what, what does the fan base generally think of him right now? Um, almost a year into to the job, they're pretty happy so far. Um, I'm pretty happy. I, I, I wasn't over the moon when he came in. I, I know I'm probably one of the one of the few. I wanted to see Dean Smith get a bit longer. I know we lost five games. It was mm-hmm. a bad run, but for what he did at the club, I was, I don't know. I thought he could have turned it around. Um, so was it a bit harsh? Maybe, but obviously fresh start with Stevie G. Uh, an unknown as well. And I know he's Christian Perslow's guy from his time at Liverpool and whatever else, his personal friend. So it could be good. I'm, I'm optimistic still. I mean, he's, it's, you can't question if Gerard knows the Premier League because, well, he's lived it for how many years, but can he translate into a manager? I mean, I'm hopeful. I think he can. I think he's got the tools in his, in his uh, shed, should we say, to do it. But I'm still, I'm still waiting to see how this season gets on before I can be like, that's what I think. What do you think Villa finished then? I said my, my heart uh, wants to say eighth, but my head's saying tenth. Anything, I mean, what was the second season back, finished 11th? Any, any improvement on that, I'll, I'll be happy with this year, to be honest. What, obviously, I want us to push for Europe. 
But is that realistic this year? No, it's seventh because the Conference League, Brett. The Conference oh, League is course, Europe, mate. man. You would you eight. accept the Conference League? Would you like that? <laughs> hey, Brett, the Conference League. I mean, would, that be, would you consider that Europe? Yeah, of course, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, West, West Ham are in it this year. There mate, if, I, if I'm on a plane on my jollies going over to Europe, do I feel a plane Europe? We're in Europe. Yeah, even if it's Moldova, <laughs> even if it's Moldova, yeah. Brett. Moldova, let's go. <laughs> it's a lovely place, Moldova, from what I hear. I don't hear. I have no idea. A good cup run would be good too, Brett. I think, you know, if they could get themselves a league cup or an FA Cup final would be terrific as well. Oh, that'd be phenomenal. We, we got mad the FA Cup a few years back, as you probably remember, but yeah. that was, uh, yeah, that was a bit embarrassing, really, getting smashed by Arsenal, but, and the league cup as well, of course, with City. Uh, but yeah, well, we haven't had a trip to Wembley for a while, so that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Expensive for me again because there's no way I'd miss that. <laughs> <laughs> did you go to the Carabao Cup final in uh, 2020? I actually did, and I was in the Queen and Beaver uh, down on Elm Street for that one. I felt like I just want to. So I didn't think I could get away. If it was an FA Cup, there's no way I'm back. For, yeah, Arsenal game, but Carabao Cup has pushed well, my, the, pushing the my whole bit. the whole world stopped like the week after that. And uh, yeah. so Sophie Trudeau actually got COVID like at that game or something. Or she went to that. She went to that match. I think with COVID. That was a big scandal at the time too. Oh like, wow! She loves the villa. Does like Sophie? She loves the villa. She's yeah. always going on that one. <laughs> what is yeah. it with political types like in Claret and Blue? I don't know. It's a good point because Prince William's a villa fan, right? Yeah. There was a president. Yeah. There was a president too. That Obama. Uh, was it Obama? Was no. it Obama? Yeah. He's West Ham. That was West Ham. David Cameron supposed he was a Villa fan, but then he called us West Ham in one press conference. So I was like, ah, oh, what does he done. know? <laughs> That's the end of that, mate. He, he knows quality when he sees it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brick, can you talk to us? Uh, you know, maybe some of our, our listeners are quite new to the game. Villa's a really big club, right? Now, now, you know, in this modern era of the super club, a lot of big clubs have kind of fallen away a little bit. But the potential, the fan base, is a great stadium. It's got such great history. Can you kind of just kind of give us Villa 101 to, the, to those that might be somewhat new to the league? Yeah, sure. We're, we're one of the founding fathers of the Football League. Our chairman, William McGregor, was the founder of the idea of the league system. So you think of the NHL, the, any league, the idea of that system of getting points for each team you play two games a season. That was his idea to get consistent football because... Before then, there was only the FA Cup, so that was our chairman's idea to create a league, and that's what became the Football League with all the other founding clubs. Um, Villa Park, it's, it's, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but I love Villa Park. It's an iconic ground. It's beautiful even to this day. They've done, the, the way they've kept the brickwork and the mosaics and the way that the history of the club, even with the redevelopment, I think they've done a fantastic job over the years of keeping Villa Park beautiful keeping it the typical square stadium, not yeah. like the bowls that we see, the toilet <laughs> bowls like certain clubs. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, then we, we've, we've won we've won the FA Cup seven times, not since 57. So we've got, we got a studied history. Just recently, it's not been too great. We won the European Cup, or now we call it the Champions League in 82. But that's really, that's the last glory days for us. We've, been, we've, st- we've only got bigger and bigger as a fan base and as a club, but obviously the silverware has been pretty AWOL. Decent silverware anyway. Villa Park yeah. was always one of my favorite places to play. Atmosphere was, when that place was packed, it was, yeah. It was it's pretty, awesome. Awesome it was, stadium. Uh, yeah, it was up there. Great yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, I love Villa Park. I want Brett to, to, to tell uh, tell everybody about Toronto Lions Club and uh, how many people you think you got coming out Saturday <laughs> for the first match of the season. Saturday, I'm probably going to be about 30 of us, I think, around 30, 30 to 40 people. First game of the season is always a, always a big one for us. Everyone's full of excitement. Full so of we, beer. Full of beer as well. We're at the Wheat Sheaf Tavern down on uh, Bathurst and King. We've got pub, we've got uh, drinks deals, breakfast deals. Come on down. You're, you're, all, you're all welcome, all of you, even, even the non-Villa fans in, in the group here. I'm getting Jimmy out at some point this season, buddy. I'll get yeah, to- come on down. Come on. Yeah, down. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be there one day, guys. <laughs> yeah, when we're <laughs> playing Villa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll come down. It's all board. in good flavor. It's all yeah, good. No, for sure. We'll, we'll, go, I'll come, we'll come by. little breakfast, a couple of pints. Watch yeah, it. Yeah, put your hockey helmets on, a little fight outside. 
<laughs> How many I, years have you been in, in, been in Canada, Brett? Uh, six years I've been here now. Six years. It's, yeah. different. it's funny, isn't this whole breakfast culture for sports, right, for Premier League? It's such a different experience, right? But it's, it's, yeah. it works. It's good in its way. Yeah, you, usually when, I'm, when I was back home getting breakfast with the boys for football, it's when you're going on a away day and you're in the pub at 7am, <laughs> ready, <to, laughs> ready to get yeah. to the train or whatever, the coach. Well, Brett, thanks so much, mate. I, I really enjoyed this, actually. Um, we're going to touch both of you guys throughout the season as well. We're going to bring this into to Footy Prime, I think. It's an interesting perspective, certainly. And you obviously know your stuff and you, you, you live and breathe claret and blue, that's for sure. So good luck this year. I've always got a bit of a soft spot in my heart for Villa for some reason. Don't know why, but now Stevie G's there. Phil Coutinho's there. It's, it's definitely worth uh, watching for us, uh, us long-time Liverpool fans. You know, maybe my second club this year. No, I won't go that far. BG ruins it. Firstly, hey, I don't like you, second clubs. I hate second clubs, but secondly, B's a Villa fan, so I can't have that. <laughs> hey, what are you saying? They're, they're Liverpool reserves? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, come on. No, we didn't get Suarez. We didn't get Suarez, so it didn't come I, I think Coutinho will look really great on that Liverpool bench this season, for sure. It looked real nice <laughs> coming off in the second half. Yeah, Brett, thanks so much. Really appreciate this. Thanks for having me on, gents. Good to chat Yeah, to thanks, buddy. Cheers, thanks, buddy. Cheers. That's Brett Bates of uh, the Toronto Lions. Uh, B knows him very, very well. How long have you been going to see uh, the, the Lions boys watching games, B? It's been a while? Yeah, I've been going since 2008, I think. I'm uh, I'm wearing the old shirt that was uh, the crest well before Brett's time, but Brett's the chairman uh, now has been so for five years, I think. And uh, Top Man runs a great ship. They hosted that big North American villains meetup that I was raving about in May. Had 150 people up. Honestly, really, uh, really good time. And I'm hoping uh, that there's a few more cheers this season and not so much heartbreak for all the boys. I just love it the fact that we have these supporters clubs in Canada yeah. that just about every club is recognized through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Really it's the only is. sport in the world, right? You, you don't get Dallas Cowboys clubs in, in London, do you? You know, for example, or yeah. Cleveland Browns clubs in uh, Birmingham. I don't yeah. think. Pretty sure you don't. I think it'd be good too, guys, if we you know bounce around and go meet them all and have a few pints with them, watch a match. It'd be fun going to the different supporter groups. Yeah, yeah, live uh, live podcasts, live casts from. You might from get a free people. Corona. Woo! Yeah, or you make might. a little or, ultra or a seltzer. <laughs> Someone will probably pass you a seltzer, Elka seltzer. Yeah. Arsenal fans <laughs> hate Arsenal fans hate Charmin though. I don't know if you guys know this, so we can't go to any Gunners bars. Oh, we mm. can. Charms just says our yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, 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 no. Bring him in. Bring him in. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like a pinata. People would be smashing him. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you, you'd have my back, wouldn't you, Jimmy? Hey? I got you, man. Uh, yeah, just tie him up here, lads. <laughs> he looks like a pinata. You'd be a great pinata. Yeah. Anybody got about? any sticks? Oh, here, I've got a few. Here, hold on. Yeah. It's a little candy. <laughs> I wonder what's going to fall out of them, though. It won't be candy coming up my ass, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> be your new pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, split me open in Shaman's Propos to start, start cascading out onto the floor <laughs> with my guts. <laughs> oh, fuck, he ate a balty last night. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Uh, that's nice, yeah. Killing humor. Um, but quickly back to Villa, B. I mean, what are, you, what, are, what are your expectations this year? Honestly, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, mid-table, you said before, would be fine, but thinking they could be in that that little group who are like on the periphery of, of Europe. I'm a bit more pessimistic than Brett, sadly. Uh, I do think that eighth might be a struggle for them. I, I just wonder how they're going to jail. They've kind of got almost too many similar pieces. Like Coutinho and Buendia can't truly play together. Leon Bailey last season, I thought that kind of would have been an easy three, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So you're some rotation of like one and a half of them. And if they can all play to their level... Amazing. I just don't even see how it fits. Some some top um, the, the Villa writers are saying in their best 11, they don't even put Coutinho in the best 11. So uh, I, I'm just, I got to see the season start and see how it plays out. And I got to be honest, I thought there'd be a couple other signings. I, I don't know if I'm just nostalgic and I wanted to see Gerard bring Luis Suarez there, but I thought there'd be a couple other names to get excited about. Yeah, yeah, well. I think one thing is for certain, really, everybody we have on here, everybody has sort of expectations in around the same area, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Except for maybe fours, you know, but, you know, their their goal would be to stay up, of course, but anything mm-hmm. more than that would be gravy. Yeah. Well, let's, let's move on now from one Claret and Blue to the other Claret and Blue in West Ham and from the Toronto Hammers, Dan Baldwin, 
joins us. Dan, welcome to Footy Prime. Uh, you're following up on Aston Villa, who have some ambitions this year. But given what you boys did last season, you, you promise a lot this season. What are your overall expectations for 2022-23? Um, I'm excited for this year, to be honest. Um, I think for, for the it's it's not often you get to say that as a West Ham fan. So um I think we've we've improved on the squad from last year. Uh I think I think we should be aiming for a Europa League spot. Um I think you might hear some people say we're challenging for top four, but I still think that's we're still <laughs> a bit away from that. But I definitely a Europa spot we should be um challenging or getting this year. Well, you have every right to be excited, Dan. I mean, last year was an incredible season and it uh, ended in the semifinal of the Europa League against uh, Frankfurt, but couldn't get a better opportunity for West Ham to actually win a European trophy. But the whole run was excellent. The fans at the end enjoyed the whole run. I thought they did a great job balancing that with a small squad, really, realistically. And then that with the Premier League that kind of hurt them later on a little bit but overall finishing seventh with seventh was a was another uh, big success I thought for the club and hopefully they can make a step on from that but yeah, like you say it's it's a difficult one breaking into that top six top five right so you're just sort of on the peripheral of that and it'll all depend on certain aspects but I love the fact that they brought in Skamaka uh Antonio has carried a lot of weight, hasn't he, Dan, oh, yeah. for a long time? And he's 32 years of age now. So uh, that was a big one for them as well. Uh, and it'll be the first season since, what, 05, I think, that uh, Mark Noble won't be part of the club. So some interesting things there as well around uh, that. Yeah, it'd be uh, strange not having Noble around. He's essentially, well, maybe not my whole life. I'm older than that. but uh, Just about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just about, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was strange not having him around. But fortunately, in Declan Rice, we got like almost the, the next one, the next Mark Noble, right? So um, he's even better. So yeah, what do you think of the chances of something like that? I mean, so far Bowen and Declan Rice are still at the club. It looks as though that's going to stay that way. I think when September first comes, every West Ham fan will be happy when that's oh, yeah. closed down. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, Declan Rice? Uh, has not made a, any noise about making a move. He's not pressurizing anybody. If it happens, it happens. He's absolutely perfect West Ham material. And I, I hope he is long-term the next Mark Noble for the club. That would be amazing. Oh, me too. Uh, I'm very surprised there hasn't been that much, really that much rumors and talk about him leaving this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully expected him to be heavily rumored and probably go. Um, I think the club now need to match his expectations. Um, if we can keep pushing and keep getting European football and push for those Champions League spots, maybe he does stay. Um, but realistically, it's um, if he keeps on improving and playing like he is, he, he won't be here for too much longer. Another, maybe, well, this year for sure, I think. Um, hopefully as long as possible, but you never know. Just shows, though, how, how players do love playing for that team, right? And that fan base, because oh. I, I thought Declan was gone this summer for sure right but there weren't even that many rumors you know out, out there i thought for sure chelsea and united throughout the last season there were right but he generally oh, yeah. seems to be a guy that that loves his football playing playing there jared bowen's another guy who was linked a few times to some clubs but it's gone quiet um what can this this guy become do, do you think you're going to see him at the world cup this november i think if he plays like he did last year um then there's no reason why he shouldn't be in that squad for the World Cup, I think. Um, I, I think it was a bit unfortunate that England played a bit shit over the last uh, that last international break. So he he, he got a few games, but like mm-hmm. the whole the whole team didn't play great. So yeah, if he if he continues his form from last year, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in the, in the squad at least. Like uh, maybe not starting lineup, but um, he should be in the squad. He adds a different dimension to the team. What do you think? Thoughts on the goalkeeper situation? Fabianski has been amazing. He's now at 37 years of age. Ariola has been quietly, you know, hanging around in the wings in his prime. Uh, there will become a time when Fabianski will have to take a second spot. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on when that might be? I wouldn't be surprised if it's some Sunday. Like I, I but um it seems like Fabianzi has got most of the starts in preseason, so maybe it'll be a gradual over the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's this season that um that 
switch happens and Fabianski becomes the cup keeper and mm -hmm. Ariola the uh, Ariola the uh, league keeper. Yeah, but, yeah. Sooner than nothing. Sooner than anything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Can you talk about the uh, the feeling in the fan base about the, the ownership there? We, we know what it was like. Well, I guess three years ago now, right? It was so toxic, right? Oh, you yeah. know, the new stadium, the issues there. But it's amazing what winning does and how winning can also create uh, a culture within a stadium too. Is it is there still an edge there between the owners and the fan base? Or is it kind of this this uncomfortable um, agreement that, yeah, we'll just get on together here? I think there still is that edge. A lot of people still want them out. Um but like you say, winning kind of papers over so many things, right? And uh, with the season we had uh, last year and the year before, with the, the with the um, with the stadium, it's like it seems to be actually be rocking now on on the weekends, especially the European nights. So it's, it's a very different atmosphere around the club as opposed to like three, three years ago or something when we we're going to get relegated. So I think winning definitely papers over the cracks. If things start going wrong, then I think you'll start to see that toxicity from the fan base come back in yeah that uh, doesn't take yeah. much yeah yeah no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are plans though they're not to uh to work in the stadium too and i think they understand the issues with it i mean it's a great deal you can't knock the deal there but obviously oh, yeah. it's not upton park but but nothing's going to be upton park either aren't there plans though to try and improve that the fan experience there i think they're all yeah, I think they're always talking about plans. I think they've added more seats. I saw something on Twitter this morning. Uh, I think they've added the seats in them big areas behind the goals that were just empty before. Mm -hmm. So I think they're gradually getting there and improving it bit by bit. But um, yeah, it's it's not too bad, really. Um, I think what what is a good side about that large stadium is that they've been able to sell season tickets at a really cheap cost. So oh, yeah. that has allowed thousands of more West Ham fans to be able to go and enjoy the game. So from that aspect, it's been quite a success. I think they their season tickets are about as low, I could go as low as just about anybody in the league, if I'm right on that, Dan. I, I believe so. I think they are one of the lowest in the yeah. league from what I remember, yeah. Hey, Dan, you're obviously a diehard Hammers fan, have been, I'm sure, your whole life. You're a pretty young guy, though. Do you have any recollection of Craig Forrest playing for West Ham? I do. Yeah. Um, oh, Pinocchio. Hey. Was, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was I like six. Him, yeah, I saw no. him on YouTube. I was United. That was like, I started following West Ham in what, like 94, 95? I was, I was like eight or something then. Um, so I do, I definitely remember what Craig was like, 99 ish, 98, 99, yeah, 2000. 97, I think. Around the Shaki Hislop era as well, and yeah, mm -hmm. I, I definitely remember Craig Craig being at West Ham for sure. Yeah, good group yeah. of lads. Those goalkeepers, Ludic, Shaka, oh, yeah. a lot of characters in that team overall, right, Craig? I mean, that team was just chock a block of characters, right? Good, good football yeah. inside. Well, as I Trevor Sinclair said the other day to us, you know, as like. Yeah, Harry, not so much on tactics, but yeah, we had a great team spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, tell us, uh, before we let you go, uh, if, if there's Hammers fans in Toronto, where can they find you guys? Uh, they can find us at the Dog and Bear for every game. That's on Queen Street West. Um, so, yeah, if you're in Toronto or the surrounding area, the GTA, then come down on the, on the weekends and watch the game. It's All right, fantastic. Spot. Might be the yeah. best spot for any supporters club. Just saying. Oh, yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. so too. The Richies did a good job down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we said to, uh, to our last guest, we're going to take Footy Prime on the road at some point, and that means hitting up some uh, some pubs and games, I think, in this coming season. Uh, Dan, thank you so much. Good luck this season. Um, nice. Hopefully you can duplicate what was uh, a, a wonderful campaign last time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dan. See you. Dan Baldwin of the Toronto Hammers. All right, moving on on our little journey around the Premier League. Uh, we're going back to Birmingham now, kind of. Well, not Birmingham exactly, but kind of. Wolves and Brett Townley of the Worldwide Wolves of Toronto joins us. Uh, Brett, welcome to Footy Prime. Um, we, we love to have you here. Love that you're rocking the shirt. Still the best, in my opinion, the best logo, the best crest in sport. I, I love that thing. It's great. I'm I'm from a town called Wolfville, uh, Nova Scotia, and I wish we had that my whole life for every every team we ever had, for sure. It's brilliant. So Wolves, they're 
I, I think I've read less about this team this offseason than any other club, right? But they're just there and they, they're, they weren't great last year. I think in Bruno Lange, you've got a really solid manager. We know you're a hard team to beat, but what are your overall expectations this season? Well, there's so many questions right now. I mean, we don't know if more people are going. We're dying for more players to come in because when we were razor thin last year and it just seems like no help is coming. And uh, now there's a formation change maybe, which may mean the end of uh, Connor Cody. Then it's, uh, there's a lot of things up in the air. We're dying for more striker help because we gave, uh, well, we loaned out Fabio Silva and there's no one else around. I mean, we brought on uh, Leander Dendonker for uh, – <laughs> Raul, last game uh, to come in. So, yeah, it's, uh, there's a ton of question marks. Who's going to be here? What's going on? Do we actually have money? Do we not? Is Bolson $40 billion in debt? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, They're hoping for about the same. Sorry, continue. The, the other thing is, too, I know, I know Forrest has just improved their offer for Morgan Gibbs-White at $35 million, which would help. I mean, obviously, you guys getting some more money into the club to, to try to get the players that you want. Well, would they spend it? But yeah, that's uh, the the numbers going around for Morgan Gibbs White are. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, he's, he was great last year uh, in the championship, but the Premiership is a different deal. So I mean, I don't know that the thirty five million you're turning that down. I think they're, maybe Bruno's just worried that they won't replace him. But um, we love him. I mean, he's great. I mean, you'd love to have somebody come up through your academy and stuff. But it's. Uh, we need a striker badly, but I mean, and now we've got Bruno saying the other day that he doesn't see Morgan Gibbs White as being a wide player and he wants him to come inside. So it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a lot to turn down though. Guys, we've just solved it. We've just figured it out. How long have I been saying Cristiano Ronaldo to Wolves? This is the time. <laughs> this is the season. If I, only we'd made it. Champions League. So close. <laughs> George Mendes would be working that one, wouldn't he? Eh? You may have to. You may have to. I know. Well, Let's I mean, it's it. a strange. It's a strange club, right? I mean, the investment from from Portugal. You know, starting with Jorge Mendes. I mean, he's done such great things for Wolves. He brought in so many like name players, some really great, great players. But you don't want to become a selling club or a feeder club. Is that is that a concern now for the fan base? That's what Wolves is slowly becoming. Absolutely, uh, and and it's. We were talking about having uh, the transfer situation sort itself out, you know, just have the club be, you know, only spend money that we're getting for players. And it's like, I don't know how you can do that in the premiership. You need to add every year. So it just seems like the the money dried up a little bit and we're not sure exactly how that's going to play out. And it's a little bit uh, worrisome because a couple of the bigger signings, I mean, the Fabio signing was massive and, Hey, there's still tons of hope for him, but that hasn't come through yet. It's not like he's worth more than we, we paid for him. And Nelson Tomato, the first year was a bit rough. He's an incredible signing, but still, you're not going to make money on that. So I don't know how we don't become a feeder club. You know, we got a guy, Chiquinho, last year for like $3 million, and he was looking great, but now he's out for the season. It's like, okay, you can make some money off him. But, yeah, I don't know how we're going to sustain ourselves with uh, just the transfer budget alone. I don't know how that's going to happen. And Connor Cody's a tip to possibly head to Everton? That's uh, that's a tough one. I mean, every that's all due to the we've been playing four at the back this whole time, and uh, everybody loves Connor, but not everyone loves a, a a sweeper, you know. So I think that's just the thing. It's for him mostly. I mean, if he wants to make England, he hasn't played. You know, he hasn't started over Kilman or Collins when they're really even serious in games. So it's, mm-hmm. he doesn't play for Wolves. He's not going to get into the England side, and he's been such a great such a great captain for Wolves so it's like for him and for us if we can get some money it's, it's a really that's a really that's an emotional one that's a tough one but mm. if he wants to go how could you say no where, where is Raul Jimenez's you know stature at the club now we, we know that you know he's he's he scored goals had the horrible injury came back last season it was a great story as well but is he really embedded in that fan base and the lore of that club it's he is loved. And because that, if you heard the sound of that, watching that game, like if you heard the sound, like it's still, you still hear it. And it's, how could you ever think anything negative about him? Even though he wasn't, he wasn't the same route last year. And you wonder if he's going to be that guy again. He started being a bit more aggressive with headers and such, but um, he's also a couple years, but this new sort of, if we play more like a four, three, three, or if we ultimately, I think the plan is to go four, two, three, one, 
And then that just gives him more help up front. And hopefully he can get back to just bagging goals and being automatic And because we need him. I mean, he's the only striker at the club. So it's like we, we don't have any choice. If, if there was somebody nipping his heels, it would be a different situation and you might draw some negativity out of the fan base. But for right now, I mean, everybody loves Raul for sure. On that note, I want to thank you very much for Diego Jada. He's worked out very well. <laughs> hey, you did a lot for him. He was, to be honest, I mean, I'd love to be a guy who was sitting there saying, we can never sell him, we can't let him go. But he was driving me crazy the last year at Wolves. So, hey, good for him, good for you guys. We got a decent price for him, even though it's on some kind of long-term installment plan. I think you guys are paying us over, what, five years or something crazy like that. But, hey, he gave everything for us. And yeah, like I said, he was driving me nuts. So best of luck to him and maybe not so much luck to you guys, but whatever. <laughs> no, he's just he's just great, you know, and he's just signed a new deal, actually. He's injured to start the season, but just signed a, a new long term. And not to rub it in, anyway, I, I do appreciate it. What a fairy you. tale, huh? <laughs> Brett, maybe that's why the Wolves have money troubles right now, because they're running things like a Portuguese bank. They're like, oh, you just pay us later. No, it's fine. And now they're like, holy shit, we really should have taken that Jota money from Liverpool. I think they can afford it. Oh, man. Yeah, take it all up front. But I think they paid for uh, Collins over like a five year plan, too. Honestly, I have no idea what's going on with the money. I mean, a poor owner wouldn't spend less, so I don't know what the point of Fosin is. We did have the big man come in uh, to his first game in a while the other day, the game against Sporting. You know, fans of – he hadn't been uh, – what's his name? Guo? Uh, yeah, the actual owner, like the chairperson of Fosin. And Wolves fans are trying to believe – we want Nunez so badly from, uh, from Sporting. So hopefully he was invited to that game and he was sold and – on Nunez, and he's going to actually pump some money into this situation, even though Nunez probably wants to play for, you know, a Champions League team. But, yeah. Well, Brett, thanks so much for this. Um, if you could let the uh, other Wolves fans in Toronto know, where can they find you guys uh, most match days? Most match days? That's up in the air. Our, our Facebook club is uh, – we lost our spot last year. A lot of COVID kind of situation. So, I don't know. We have to hit up Stuart Green and see what's happening tomorrow. I have to work myself, but usually I'm uh, hiding in my uh, apartment just like hands <laughs> overhead, like on the Molyneux mix and stuff like that. <laughs> Twitter, if I can deal with that too. That's even a bit down the scale, but it's, it's, yeah, it's rough times. But yeah, we'll, we'll check the Facebook club. Stuart Green is a great uh, leader of us. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find the best place and we'll have a great season for sure. You guys got well, a little work to do late in the club. Um, <laughs> You're so connected. Hey, listen, if there's any, any, any pub or bar owners in, in Toronto out there, um, get in touch with us. We, we'll get you in touch with Brett because these boys let's need a home right now. Oh, yeah, I'm, sure the, I'm, sure, I'm sure the Villa boys will help you out, wouldn't they? You know, maybe sh- Oh, share. man, Dave, Dave wouldn't love nothing more than for me to owe him a favor. But... <laughs> <laughs> Brett, thank you so much. And good luck this season. You know, I, I really mean that. We'll need it. Well, we need luck before the season, before the transfer window ends. So I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Brett. Brett. No, not, not at all. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. Thank you. And still, like I said, I still just have always loved that crest. If I was a, a Wolves fan, that would be emblazoned on my arm or my chest somewhere. 100%. It's, it's just great. All right, Jimmy's uh, getting geared up. He is excited about this one. It's time to turn our attention to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Jordan Thielen of the T.O. Trickies joins us. Another great Crest, by the way, old school, very special. Welcome to Footy Prime, Jordan. Oh, you're you're muted right now. He's excited. Forgot to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, not for the first time. Um, <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller, lads. Great to be here. I'm um, glad to be in such that. esteemed company and Jimmy. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> no, we really appreciate you joining us. All right, I, I started off the uh, the chat with everyone else so far. What are your general hopes and expectations for for your first year back in the prem after so many years? Um. It's it's tough to say because it changes with every new player we we sign. We're at twelve signings now, and I've gone from yeah, I'd like to accept seventeenth to matching Jimmy's prediction of kind of starting to flirt with with mid table. So um, yeah, I think obviously first target is to to stay up, but I I think we'll be the kind of new kid on the block this year and and cause a few upsets. 
It's going to be a completely different looking team, isn't oh, it, yeah. Jordan? I mean, uh-huh. you're, you lost, what, four or five, the goalkeeper, Spence, you know, you brought in some really good pieces. But, you know, Cooper's a great coach, but he's got new things to deal with, new expectations for the club, right? And you know how that goes with the fans. Yeah, oh, massively. Like, uh, I was fortunate to be at Wembley and it was only 10 weeks ago. Um, and if you think of the transformation we've had in 10 weeks, um, we've basically signed nine of a whole new 11. Um, so it's a completely different team to to the one that, that I saw just 10 weeks ago. Um, and yeah. you've even got news of Larea going to TFC and there's a couple of players that went out on loan even in the last couple of days. So it's just a completely different team. We don't know how it's going to look, um, but it, Steve Cooper's our secret weapon. And if there's yeah. any manager that's going to be able to put these guys together, it, it's him. Um, and to be honest, I've kind of written off our first five games, let right out the window, let the team gel. Um, but our critical games are games six to 12 or 13, where we're going to be playing uh, a lot of the teams around us that, that we need to be better than. Yeah. I like the what you know, when I was listening to Steve Cooper the other day and he was talking about, yeah, you know, there were, there was a lot of players that have left, he says, but the core is still there with their, yeah. which they're happy about. And then the players that they did bring in are quality, but they're at a right age, 21, yeah. 22 years old. You look at Nico Williams that they got from Liverpool, Omar Richards from Bayern Munich. Then you Jesse Lingard as well. They brought Hennessy in to take over from Samba. MB Sal from PSG, Mangala from Stuttgart. And these guys are all young, young players with bags of energy. And I like the direction that they're going right now with this squad. They haven't gone for that old, mature player that's, you know, 35. 32 years old, they've gone for the youth, and now they're after Morgan uh, Gibbs-White. Apparently another bid went in today at $35 million. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Like, you're right. Jesse Lingard's 29, and then our next oldest is 26. So we're kind of really building for for the future. There's lots of 21, 22, 23, 24-year-olds that are all talented. You can tell they've done their homework on bringing in every player. Um but yeah, there is, there's an element of the unknown, but there's element of upside too. Um, and I think that's what's really important is they've really gone about the acquisitions, I'd say, incredibly well this year, considering you know, the way that we got promoted and there's no way you could have planned for it, um, yeah. given how quickly we, we rose through the league. Um, they've done remarkably well on the recruitment front to, to get to where we are. Hey, they're, they're, also, they're also looking at uh, a player that you really like, and you, you were talking about getting... <laughs> The name on the back of your jersey. Do you remember his name? What was it? Oh, man. Jizz Hornkamp. What a guy. Eh? Like, there is, I'm just looking forward to goal mouth action from Jizz, mate. That's all I'm saying. Like, uh, if there's any, if there's any foot, I, I honestly think listening to, I've been listening to you guys for ages. There is yeah. no more footy prime player than Jizz Hornkamp. Like, imagine all the Jizz Horn jokes you guys could have. Oh. Like, everything else. Like, it'd be unreal, wouldn't it? You imagine being on, being on the pitch and are yelling at the referee, ref, Jizz is all over my back. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, Jizz has covered 11 kilometers this game. You know, like, there's so much. Jizz all over the box. Oh, it's all sorts yeah. of you. you know, we should have a new Jizz line every, every week of the show. We'll have a segment. Yeah. We have Wonger. Right. We, have, we usually do have one. We have Wonger. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Jizz, where's he from? Ad, where's Jizz come ad. from? Belgium, isn't he? Yeah, it's Belgium, Belgium, Netherlands area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest. I didn't do much research after I heard the name, so uh, uh, it, yeah, I'm just taking the jokes. Jimmy sent me the text, and I honestly, I thought it was made up. I thought it was like from the Onion, the source. Yeah. I, I think he's got to get advice. If he's coming to England, he has to get. Oh, advice. good God! He's, he he's, finished. <laughs> he's finished. <laughs> Jesus finished. It never ends. <laughs> oh yeah, he's my new favorite player. I don't even know what he plays or where he plays, but he's my new favorite player. Um, hey, John, on a more serious note, tell us what this means to the fan base to get back in the top flight. I mean, when I grew up in a long time ago in the eighties, I mean, Forests were just a staple, right? They're part of yeah. the first division back then. That's what they were, and I think it, the league's missed missed that presence. So, so what does it mean? I, honestly, I'm I'm lost for words in terms of like what it what it means for us to be back in the Premier League. You know, I'm I'm 30, um, and it's the first time we've been in for 23 years. So I don't really remember Forest being in the Premier League. I've had a career supporting Forest of 
misery, to be honest, and disappointment in the playoffs, League One. Um, so this is just, it was massive. Like being at Wembley and that explosion of celebration was just unreal. Like I, I, don't, I don't think we'd ever replicate it, even winning the Champions League. It was just that outburst of 23 years of longing for a goal that, that we haven't got and we achieved it. So I think the key for us is making sure we stay where I think we belong. I think we we were everyone's second team under the kind of Brian Clough era and everything else. But um, yeah, I, I think I showed Jimmy the video of me after Wembley where I was a dribbling mess um, <laughs> and uh, had way too many drinks. But um, yeah, it, there was no way I was jizz horn camping that night, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> you, you were a dribbling mess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's massive. I, I think it's that we're a club that belongs to be in the Premier League, I think. And uh, it, it's a case of just staying there now. But it's, yeah, it's been such a big, weight off the shoulders I think he's Dutch by the way okay. just, 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 just googled him <laughs> we said that Belgian Dutch one or the other yeah, well, yeah, yeah fair enough awesome. um, yeah but it's such a it's such a story club right and you know going back to the cluffy years you know it, it just brings that a little bit of history back to the league I think you know where it belongs but of course when, when you have so many new faces there is that concern um, from a from an economic standpoint with the ownership can they withstand a relegation? I mean, are they going to be smart about this? A lot of clubs come up and they start throwing money left, right and centre and, and they pay for it. We see it every single year. Are you confident that won't be the case of Forest? Well, I think that's a little bit of the risk that I think we've taken with the approach. But at the same time, we're not paying players over the odds. And even the one that people have falsely accused us for overpaying Lingard on at 80 grand a week, it's a one-year contract. So... We're signing players, I think, where even if we were to get relegated, we could keep a core. We could then sell a couple for a good money. You know, we've got some superstar players uh, that are homegrown from our academy. You know, Brennan Johnson being one named after Jimmy here, um, where we'd, we'd get 30, 40 million for him um, if we needed to sell him. And I don't think he'd be play championship football again. Um, so I think we'd be all right um, to, to go back down and, Parachute payments have just changed the landscape so much where, you know, I think uh, I think we'll still be in, 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 a, in a good spot and be competitive to come back up. Yeah, it's important actually to stay in your first year because your, your, yeah. your parachute payments are larger after that. But yeah, that would be the only danger, wouldn't it, that they spend all this money and then they end up in a position where they get relegated. But like you said, I think they put themselves in a position where they could handle that. And that's important. Now, I'm, I like if there's one thing I'd say about the club, we've managed FFP fairly well, despite the fact we've wasted a ton of money. Historically, we've still been FFP compliant. So I think the liberating Premier League rules versus the EFA is, uh, EFL rules is, has really helped us. Mm-hmm. One thought, uh, Richie Larea um, makes a move to Nottingham, never really gets in. The team were absolutely flying when he got there. Uh, they get promoted. We weren't sure whether that was going to be good. Personally, for Richie Lurelea, has proved that that's probably the case. They're buying players all around him. I think they bought three fullbacks uh, as well. Um, what is the best thing, really, do you think, for Richie Lurelea at this point? Because he's obviously had chats with Cooper and uh, and, and the loan spell looks uh, imminent. Yeah, like I think for Richie, uh, we all wanted him to succeed. We sponsored him as the Toronto Trickies as he uh, made his way to, to Forrester. Nice. I was fortunate to meet his wife at Wembley as well. We were, I was in the kind of the, the, the area there. Um, Big time yeah, Charlie's. It's a shame that he's, it's not worked out. Honestly, I really thought he'd have an impact, but mm-hmm. you've got a now Spurs player who potentially plays Champions League football that was playing instead of him. Um and this year, for whatever reason, we you know we we signed uh, probably a better player in Neko Williams again, and I think he just needs to play football, like you guys have said on previous episodes. Um, he needs to make sure he's starting for Canada in the World Cup, and if that's away from Forest on a loan deal, you know, so be it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see him play more for us. I thought he was impactful whenever he did play for us. Yeah. Um, the, the challenges we had better players in a team that was doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. But no doubt that him moving to Forest has made him a better player. When you saw him come back to, for the internationals in March, having gone through the Cooper School of Training, 
He was probably man of the match in uh, the away game in March. I can't remember where it was, Honduras, Costa Rica, or whatever. But, um, you know, uh, it's made him a better player for the experience. And then let's see what happens after the World Cup. Actually, it's just come down literally five minutes ago. Uh, TFC announced the, uh, the loan deals official through the summer of 2023. So it's for, oh, the, wow. for the whole season, season-long loan. I won't go with the boring gam tam money distribution to Dallas, but uh, anyway, the Richie era in Forest, what, what could have been and what still might be. Let's hope so because I'm, I'm with you. He's a really good player, uh, Jordan. Um, it's a big, big Forest fan base around the world. Uh, if, if there's some Forest faithful in Toronto looking to get a taste of home, where do you boys uh, hang out and watch the games? Yeah, we reside at Liberty Commons um, in Liberty Village. Uh, and yeah, I know you said best logo for Wolves and best venue for West Ham guys, but you're wrong on both counts here. We've got the best logo and the best venue. Um, now we're in the Premier League. You know, the Sunday roast. Jimmy, you can attest to this. Yeah. Best roast in the city, man, I'm telling you. so By, uh, by far. I've, t- I've told the lads about it as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyone's welcome down there. They've got a new sound system for us this year so uh, we're ready for the big time get in Actually, got to watch it Sunday you, roast you I'm in for that oh it's, it's amazing yeah we'll guys, be there for sure anytime. at some point I'm going to ask you because I made fun of Craig with the West Ham uh, uh, guys but um, do you remember me playing at Forest <laughs> <laughs> I do I do um, he was the source of one of my first disappointments as a Forest fan in the playoff <laughs> run but uh, that's about right no I, <laughs> so what did I he do hit the picture I remember him marauding down the wing um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, was honestly one of my favourite players. I had a bit of a soppy moment when I first met Jimmy, I think, but uh, now I've got used to taking a piss out of him, so we're all right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us. This has, been, uh, this has been great and we'll get you back on as well as the season progresses. I really hope Forrest do well. Stick around for, for a few years here. Don't come mm-hmm. in yo-yo club. Brilliant. Cheers, chaps. Great to chat to you. And uh, Sharman, love your pies, mate. I've been having them oh, last few weeks. So. Thanks, nice mate. Work. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Cool. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Jen. Thanks, See you, lad. Jordan, Jordan Thielen of the Toronto Trickies. I thoroughly enjoyed those chats. B, that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, boys. Every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> they were all great, by the way. Yeah, weren't they? Yeah. So knowledgeable, the right? Too. I know. Well, that's you know the thing, you know, I mean, we, we keep an eye on a million teams, but when you go to these guys selectively, they're just into their own club so deeply that it's a, uh, it's great insight that we get from them. That was, that was terrific. Yeah. Hey, just quickly B, any relation to the wolf supporter? <laughs> no, <laughs> just a, just a, a bearded man that, uh, that looked just like you that has a Canadian accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you did. I'm surprised. He said he's from Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Uh, and I'm surprised, Charms, you didn't go into, is that why you're a Wolves supporter? Because I, you were just anticipating another Midlands accent to come on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, I would imagine that he has some sort of background family or something like that. Because if he's been a Wolves supporter for years, they've gone through a lot of downsides. So it's not a club you would have picked out of choice. Yeah, but if, if you fell into football here and you grew up in a town called Wolfville and there was a team called Wolves, I feel as though that would be a natural... Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're watching Bundesliga and you're Wolfsburg. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. You know what, Wolf, uh, Wolfgang Wolf coached Wolfsburg. So if you're coming from Wolf, whatever it's called in Nova Scotia, it just makes sense. You know, the, the Bundesliga was the first league that I actually was, was into and it was because... One of those years in the mid-90s where they used to put Soccer Saturday with Graham Leggett on at 9.30 and they would do the highlights of the matches the week before. And then at 10 o'clock, it would go to fishing or whatever because it didn't have any rights. But then in the mid-90s, 96, 97, they had the Bundesliga and they would play two games, uh, whatever that 10 was or that 9.30 game, then the next game. And so that was kind of my first regular league interest was the Bundesliga. Kaiser Slarton and and uh, Bayer Leverkusen they were they were kings at the time it was it was a very different Bundesliga. Yeah, times changed. See, see, you could have taken a different route entirely, B. I know, mm-hmm. could have been a big uh, Armenia Belfeld fan instead. Yeah, <laughs> you never know, you never know. But yeah, we'll do that again uh, throughout the season. So any other supporters clubs here in Canada, not just Toronto, in Canada, um, reach out to us through our social channels. Uh, and we'd love to get you on at some point and get a perspective from the ground, so to speak. Uh, it all kicks off later today. You can get all your games this season on Fubo TV 
fubotv.com. Subscribe and make sure you use the link fubotv.com slash prime. Um, and yeah, there's going to be lots of features coming up throughout the campaign. It's exciting, lads. All the hope is still there. Right now, every club has that, that dangerous, that hope. And, and yeah. there'll be one at the end. It's the hope that it. kills you. It is, says Andy. What's his, what's his name in Shawshank? Andy something or other. That's where that line came from, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know what? I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. I know. You, that, you mentioned that months ago, and what? I demanded that you watch it. You know that what I just... shite you watch? I know. But you know what I just watched for the first... Hey, back off, Craig, okay? Give my <laughs> Korean dating show some respect, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I did watch for the other day, the other day for the very first time? Uh, Scarface. My cousin Jay has been on me for years, and we watched Scarface together, and uh, <clears throat> it was it was great. It was great. Although I, I feel like they just rushed the ending. You know, there could have there could have been a bow a bow on it. They could have. You're uh, telling me now this is the first time that you ever watched Scarface? Yes. Or what are you? Mid mid late thirties. Mid thirties, buddy. Don't age me. Well, you watch a, a lot life? of movies too. I watch. I, I I think I've just watched a different range of movies. I guess I just missed missed out on that. I yeah. I like the drug stuff. I like Narcos, but maybe I got more into the shows. I don't know. I just never seen the guy. The guy watches like five soccer matches every day, right? There isn't much time for movies. Yeah, yeah. When you're trying to squeeze Serie B into the middle of your Tasso de Portugal coverage on a Thursday, but there's only so much <laughs> I, my brain can handle here, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do want to say though, I I do want to shout out to uh, one of the voices of our show. Um, who has a, a movie out today this weekend? If you if you're going out to the theaters and you'd like a family experience and you miss Easter, go and see Easter Sunday because uh, the song voice of our show Elena Watko is uh, in that film and it drops this weekend. Really, Easter Sunday is called Easter Sunday. Why isn't it being dropped in April? Uh, well, uh, t- to quote Joe Coy, who is the the lead of this movie, which is uh, about a Filipino family. Uh, Joe Coy's quote is, "It's running on Filipino time, so it's ah, coming out August nice. 5th. All right. Well, listen, but really, we can blame COVID. We in, we compel our audience to go and watch and support Elena, great actress, great voice. Yeah. It's nothing like Scarface. Just so, just so yeah. you know, Easter Sunday. Exactly. It could be like Easter Scarface. Sunday. It could be like a like a horror movie, couldn't it, or some sort? It could be pretty brutal, or not. And the Dunlop household needs some money, so we'll go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting the money from this show, am I? Give it a good grade of Rotten Tomatoes. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. The season is here. We'll be uh, recapping the weekend on Sunday. How much fun is that going to be? That's going to be a fun podcast. Uh, To all our uh, contributors today, Brett, Dan, Jordan, Brett again, we really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun, you guys, and uh, we'll get you back at some point this season. All right, B, Craig, Jimmy, JC, Wonga, wherever you are in the car, we'll speak to you real soon. Cheers for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 